Welcome to the Progressive Property Podcast, helping you invest in property for freedom, choice, and profit. You'll learn new, innovative, and multiple streams of property income, whether you want to start, scale, or systemize, and even if you don't have deposits. Evening, everyone. Kevin McDonald here. Uh, I'm going to be interviewing Estvan Vai. Estvan is a member of um, my Nominee Down Training. He's on my Mastermind program, and he's been in property now for about two to three years um, since the start. Of, well, a couple of years since the start of his journey. And what I want to do tonight is um, is get Estvan on and talk to you around his challenges, the things that his obstacles he's faced at the start. And was it all really easy and straight for him or is plain sailing or were there some challenges? How did he overcome those challenges? Um, And take your questions basically. So if you have any questions for Estvan, that'd be amazing. So hopefully he's going to accept, he's going to request to join. I know he's watching. I just need him to request to join me. so, and I'll add them into the, into the live. So get your questions ready. Uh, really, really good, um, interesting evening plan because uh, he didn't get to have it all his own way when he started. There was challenges at the beginning of his journey. He overcame those challenges and he's gone on to, to start to build a really successful business. So um, thanks for joining That's me great. today. We, obviously, you've been watching the, the uh, midweek McDonald's, the they normally down TV for the last few weeks, so you're the latest guest. And um, for anyone watching before we start, if you are liking M- Midweek McDonald, the normally down TV, my interviews that I do every Wednesday from 7.30, give me a hashtag NMDTV, hashtag normally down TV, hashtag Midweek McDonald. Um, and also Conrad Guida watching, so he's doing a double your income challenge for me, so make sure you're involved in that double your income or quit your job race. So hashtag double your income, hashtag quit your job race. Conrad's, we got them doing this challenge a few weeks ago. He's already doubled his income. So now he's on a double your income again. But for the rest of you, you can just double your income. But tonight's about Estvan. Tonight's about Estvan's journey and the, um, the challenges that he's had. So can, some, can you give us a hashtag, we love Estvan, because you're going to in around an hour. So. I said, thanks for joining us. So for anyone listening, Esteban, we'll take questions from everyone during the evening. But um, sure. for, for them, can you tell, them, tell everybody a little bit about your journey? So what you were doing before you came to Progressive, before we met, um, what, what sort of job you had, were you in property, did you have any property experience, and then uh, what, what did you do? So if you start there, so people get a background of who you are and, and stuff. You should know by now, Kevin, I have a short memory. That was about five questions in one. I mean, you know, how do you expect me to answer all those? And remember? Who's Estvan? <laughs> I know, yeah, that's, that's rewind. Um, yeah, so first of all, thanks for having me. I mean, obviously, it's great to join. Um, I'm a bit disappointed I wasn't number one, but, you know, that's okay. We'll let that go. Um, um, I'm, I'm okay with being number three. Yeah, you're um, number four. So what about... Four, yeah. even worse. You got in the top yeah, one. I can't count. I can't count. There's no, there's no um, order to this whatsoever. It's, um, and the reason you're on is because you basically begged me. Go, please, 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 can it be me? Please, can it be me? I'm kidding, guys. You didn't. You didn't. You didn't. Yeah, so life was a lot easier before property. I've got to tell you that much. <laughs> but um, I'm certainly, certainly enjoying life a bit more since I started in property. So um, what have I done before? So um, those of you who don't know me, um, I have an accounting and finance degree and I've been in the sort of finance and accounting um, industry for the last 12 or so years. 
and um, worked in many places, some blue chip companies, some um, um, accountancy firms, etc. So um, nothing to do with property whatsoever. Um, the only property um, sort of experience that I've had was uh, purchasing our own home, uh, which we did in New Zealand um, quite a few years ago. Um, so I actually became one of those people um, in a short space of time that uh, progressive teach on some of their courses. You know, I became one of those accidental landlords um, that you may have heard of. So um, I got promoted to the UK about 2013. So um, we had a house that we lived in for 10 months and then we had to move out of it and move to the other side of the world. So, uh, of course, you know, you don't just sell it straight away because you, you just bought your dream house. So uh, I ended up becoming an accidental landlord. So that was my only property experience up to, uh, up to the point where I met, um, I guess, met you. And uh, I went to Progressive Event, the multiple streams of uh, property income which was, uh, I think, end of 2017. So it's probably coming up to three years now. So it's quite a few, quite a while. Two and a bit years, yeah. Yeah, two and a bit years, yeah. So, and that was when, that was when I met you, actually. Um, Best day of your life, eh? So that was this, yeah, that was this really jumpy, loud guy on the stage, you know, talking all sorts of nonsense. <laughs> um, so uh, somehow he convinced me. Oh, no. I'm just, you know, I'm just singing your praises here. <laughs> so you convinced me on a weekend and I should sign up to your course, uh, which is called, called uh, Rent to Rent and No Money Down. Um, so um, and I think that kind of changed a lot about my life um, today, to be honest, because, you know, the, uh, not just the learning, but the, um, uh, the connections are made in that, those three days and I guess the enthusiasm and the, the bug that you put in my ear over the, over those three days in terms of what can be achieved. Um, it's kind of changed, you know, how, how things have been going in my life since then. So two and a bit years, um, a bit of a roller coaster, sort of two and a bit years, because obviously it's not easy. Um, it certainly wasn't for me. And I guess we will we'll talk about it in a bit um, uh, in terms of how I, how I got to where I am. But um, look, I'm, I've been really enjoying the journey. Uh, I certainly learned a lot over the last uh, couple of years. Um, yeah, and here we are talking again on live Facebook with you about me. So, so um, a lot of people, when they, they do a training or they join the progressive community, so we're in the community at the moment, there's 30,000 people in there, um, over 30,000 now, it's huge. Um, and a lot of people are looking to get into property. Some have already started. Um, many people, they maybe go on a training and they don't get, I, I see a lot of people that want instant results instant be, become an instant success because get instant results and um, it's the world we live in today was everything is about it's got to be now the click of a button immediate 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 um was was your results did they come immediately because what also happens just for you answer this is i see people that when they then don't get the immediate result in the first two or three months or whatever they quit and they go this doesn't work so um, tell us a little bit about, for after you, you met me and you came on my training, did you get immediate results? Um, what happened? Yeah, so I went home on Sunday evening and I got five deals on a Monday at 10 o'clock. Uh, no, only joking. No, nothing like that at all. Um, I had many months of struggles, basically. So um, I didn't just finish Kevin's course, by the way. I didn't just do the three-day course. I actually um, ended up signing up for your mastermind course. Um, and not because... I didn't understand what was going on in the three days. So I didn't just stop at the three days. So I actually signed up to your mastermind course, uh, which is um, 
one of the reasons for me to signing up to that wasn't necessarily because I didn't understand um, what was going on and what we discussed over the three days, but it was more around the fact that um, um, having a full-time job, I kind of figured out, so I'm just going to put some lights here. Um, I figured out that it's not really going to work if I do this on my own because, you know, there's a lot of great things that obviously teach, and I know there's great things that people have achieved, but, you know, doing having a full-time job and having a family and all the rest of everything that happens in life, it can easily sort of steer you away from your goals and, you know, what you sort of, all the enthusiasm you come away with uh, after the three-day course. So I thought, you know what, I want a bit more of this. Um, I want to keep that up and I want to be staying on course just so I actually I can achieve all those things that you talked about, all those, all those things that you've achieved over the years. So I joined the, um, joined the mastermind and uh, there are a lot of people on this mastermind that, you know, achieve a lot of great things um, a lot quicker than I have. It certainly uh, took me many months. So for those of you who have not heard of this, so that's a six-month course, uh, a six-month program. Uh, it took me, I think, seven months or eight months in the end to actually get my first deal. So it certainly wasn't the quickest one out of your, uh, all your mentees and uh, students, Kevin. But um, I remember, I, I, guess I remember our conversations where you used to show up and go, um, this doesn't work, I can't make this work, my area doesn't work, etc. Um, I tried this, I tried that, and um, it was about, it was the points where you felt like quitting. Um, no, I don't think so, to be honest. I mean, it was obviously disheartening. It was more, more disheartening in terms of, you know, you want um, some sort of result and achievement for your hard work and efforts you put in, right? So I guess that's more of a confirmation that you are on the right track. And I think that was the, probably the biggest problem, and that just wasn't coming. Yeah. Um, but still, I think that was, again, the, the great thing about the mastermind for me is that I kept going back every month. And you sit on a table and you sit on a table with someone else who has just achieved something. And you're like, oh, fuck God, you know, this does work, you know, maybe I just need to do more or maybe I just need to keep doing, maybe I just haven't got there yet. And, you know, there's people who um, post certain pictures on uh, social media and this, you know, the, the, the miners with the pickaxe going with, you know, towards the gold and the one guy turns around like that far away from the other side with all the gold. That kind of pictures are always stuck in my head and go, look, I could be just that close. What if I just keep going for just a bit longer? And this is the reason I wanted to get you on tonight, because a lot of people, it's not just about bringing people on that go, look at me, look at my results, look at this. I wanted to bring some, somebody on and mix it up a little bit with people that um, can relate to everyone in the community that struggled at the start, but kept going is the key thing. Trusted the process, backed themselves, kept going, and believed that you were close and if you were to turn around, and I remember what I used to say to you and the other mentors would say to you every month you'd come in, which was, you know, you're not achieving nothing. Don't base your results on the keys of a house. Don't base your success yeah. on the keys of the house. Every time that you do a viewing and you don't get a deal, you're learning something. Every time you go and speak to an agent, you're learning something. That's knowledge that you're gonna take forward with you on your journey. And the deal will come. And the hardest deal you'll ever do is the first one. After that, it, it, the confidence builds, stuff gets easier. So you mentioned you went seven months before the first deal. Um, when the first deal came, how long? That was a rent to rent deal, right? How yes, long yes. would it take to get the second deal? A uh, couple of weeks, basically. A couple of weeks. So, yeah. It's. 
And I was, that was that was exactly what it was. You know, you, it builds your confidence. You get to the point where it's like, okay, no, actually, this does work. And all those things that I've been doing, yes, it's taken me seven months, but I always had to just look back and go, well, actually, I'm still doing this part time. I'm putting a lot of effort in on the weekends and evenings, but still, I'm only doing part time. So, had I actually been able to sort of put all the effort in there, your full time attention, I probably would have got a deal. You know, so it's you know, there's all these factors that I always have to just go look. You just got to take a step back and actually just be calm about this and just actually just put it in context. If I was doing it full time and still not getting results after seven months, then I probably should just look in the mirror and go, mm, maybe something isn't quite right. Maybe you're not doing something right. So, but yeah, so two weeks after the first deal, we got the second one. And um, and after that, we got a few more in the next few months as well. So it's it's one of those things. The first one, like you say, is the hardest, definitely. And I think it's more just a confidence thing and for, for you to be believing in the process and the process that you follow actually does result in the, the, the you know, the, what you want, the deals. So. And this, this is a really key message for people listening tonight is that stop looking for instant gratification, instant results, immediate results. Yes, it happens to some people, but it doesn't happen like that for everybody. And don't worry about what somebody else is doing. If you do a training, if you're going after a strategy, whatever it may be, and and you and Bob are going doing the same thing and you do it at the same time and Bob gets a result and you don't. It doesn't mean that you're any worse than Bob. It doesn't mean that Bob's in a better area than you. It just means that Bob got his result quicker. You keep going. It's your journey, your race, your time, and your time will come. It's just your time will come at a different point to the other person. So don't panic about it. Your time will come. Just make sure you trust the process. You keep following the steps. You keep taking the action and make sure that you, you are being, you know, you've got that accountability and that drive within yourself as well to push yourself forward. So guys, get your questions for Estvan. Who's got questions? I haven't seen a question come through yet. So who, any questions for Estvan? Any questions that you want, anything you want to know? anything at all, I'll make sure he answers every single thing that you put up there, even the personal stuff. Give me your questions in there. Just get them in. Let us know. I'll pass them on to him. And um, yeah, let's try and get you moving on your journey as well. So Esteban, uh, at the moment, obviously, you mentioned there as well about doing this part time and not quitting your job. And one of the things I always say to people is don't jump out of the airplane, like all excited, thinking I'm going to be a millionaire in six months. Stay in your job, build your parachute and jump when you're ready. Um, are you glad you stayed in the job and not jumped earlier? Because quite often I see people jump too soon. Um, I personally, I waited in my job till I replaced my income plus some. What's your plan? Yeah, I think that's a fair point, actually, because, you know, you, you could very easily fall into that trap of, wow, this is brilliant. This is going to make me loads of money. I'm going to go for this 100%. You know, in six months, I'll be out of the job. I don't even need a job. You know, I've seen it happen. And while I think it can work for some people, I've very rarely seen that it actually does work. Unless you've had some previous property experience or you're very good at sales. I think salespeople tend to do really, really well, to be honest, um, from what I've seen. Because obviously, a lot of negotiations and deal-making uh, deal does come down to sort of sales um, attributes, which... Perhaps I don't possess as much of it as a lot of other people do. So, um, so I would say for me, it was a hard struggle at first to do the, next to the full-time role. 
but I'm glad I did it that way because it allowed me to almost take those steps in my own pace, um, take those learnings and properly digest them and just go, look, is this actually really going to work in the long term? Had I jumped now, could I be in a position in two, three months' time that it would actually be sufficient for me to survive? Mm. And the answer was for a long time, no, um, quite simply. And it was frustrating, frustrating for me um, because I really wanted it quicker. And I think most people are like me. You know, I'm not saying that I'm the most uh, impatient person in the world, but everybody likes things a little bit quicker, and especially this day and age. Like you say, I mean, if you want something, you press a button on Amazon, it's there today or next day, right? So you can't escape the instant gratification. Um, and it's, you know, you re- leave it on a daily basis. Um, but yeah, basically... So yeah, the answer to that is absolutely 100% um, happy with the decision that I didn't take full time straight away. But um, now it comes time comes a time for me even actually is time for me to do that. Um, so I'm going to join the uh, the, the the property investors uh, network who do this full time. So I've got exactly one month uh, from today. So first of August, which is um, my birthday actually. So. I'm giving myself a small birthday present um, and I'm going to do this full time for the 1st of August. Can we give Esteban a well done, guys? Come on, he is becoming a full-time property investor from the 1st of August. Two years, right, two years and a little bit after walking in the door and meeting the crazy Irish guy in Peterborough, two and a bit years, he's full-time in property. This is, guys, seven months, eight months at the start of his journey, he didn't do a single deal. He'd replaced his income. Now, here's the thing. You could come and think, okay, I want to replace my income in three months, whatever. Two years. Who'd be happy with two years? Just give me a yes, please. Yes, please, if you'd be happy to replace your income in two years. Some people work 40, 50 years of their lives and never replace their income. This man has done it in two years. He deserves some love. Can we give him some love? Come on, give him some love. We're getting loads of woohoos, Esteban, actually. Lots of thumbs up. But guys, two years. Trust the process, never give up. Esteban, I've known him, every, met him every single month pretty much for the last two years. He could have quit. He was down, he was thinking it's not working. He could have quit. But he had the mentality and the belief within himself to keep going because quitters never win and winners never quit. And that man right there is a winner. And he's going full time on the 1st of August. So I'm really proud of you, man. And um, it's an honor and a pleasure and everything to watch your growth and your journey over the last couple of years. And obviously you've, you've done rent to rent and you're, you're not just doing stuff alone now either. So you're looking at joint ventures, you're looking at other strategies. Um, what's the plan? What other stuff have you got in the pipeline? Um, where, where is the, the Esplan Vibe business going from here when you go full time? There's a few things in the pipeline basically. So we obviously have the core business of rent to rent and HMOs um, that we've built up quite a few of over the last couple of years. So I want to grow that further because we've done a load of work in the last two to three months, so during lockdown especially, to just strengthen a business properly. Um, I think we got to the point sort of last year when it was more, strangely, it was one of those things where you kind of become the the victim of your own success at first because we kind of, we've got loads of deals, we filled the houses really quickly and it almost gave us a bit of a, um, overconfidence in terms of, oh, this is easy. You know, we're just going to fill the houses, no end. And 
we hit the sort of periods of back end of last year and then COVID obviously just accelerated that, that we had a few empty rooms. And um, we got to a point when I was like, wow, okay, it's actually, this is actually uh, quite serious. We got down to about 50% occupancy at some point, um, which obviously not where you want to be. As you know very well, you know, if your HMOs are not near full occupancy, then you all of a sudden not making as much money. So, um, so we focused a lot in terms of how we could um, fill the rooms and now we're back to full occupancy again. In the last few weeks, I've basically just managed to fill all the rooms. Um, so we now need more properties. So my focus actually is going to be continual pipeline on those. So keep finding more properties uh, and not just the property side, but also the tenant side. Because that's one thing you learn over the, you know, as you go through the process. Um, it's not enough to get keep getting deals on houses. If you can't fill them, your business is, doesn't exist. Yes. And I think it's a, a lot of people overlook that. Um, your business really lies of how, how easily and how well you can stock your houses with tenants because that's where your money is. Yeah. Well, you always say so, cash flow is king. Cash flow is the focus. Oh, yeah. If you don't have that cash in the bank to keep you up to 50%, to have that cash and make sure you're doing deals where there's, some, there's room for voids and stuff to keep your business afloat. So... Um, which all of our deals were don't, don't get me wrong we, we had plenty of fat in the deals but if you have all of a sudden out of five rooms three of them being empty doesn't matter how well you've done your numbers all of a sudden that's not that's, that's not a cash flowing property and, so and as, it's one of those things Esteban, people sometimes say to me that's the problem with rent to rent empty rooms see that's the problem with rent to rent you take on a rent to rent and you got some empty rooms now you got a problem I told you this rent to rent COVID-19, anyone with rent to rent properties are in trouble. Um, if you buy a house and own it, and you've got five rooms, whether you rent it or own it, here's the challenge. When you own it, you put in a 25% deposit plus legal costs and stamp duty and everything else. You've got a heck of a lot more money tied up in the deal, but you still have the same house. So the answer isn't buy it. Mm -hmm. The answer is learn. What Estran's saying is learn how to fill your rooms. Learn how to build a business where you can keep your rooms built. So, um, what, what would you, I've got a question from yep. Ollie Estran. Um, if you could, so Ollie Oxley, Ollie's, Ollie's online all the time. It's not, not Ollie Oxley, is it? It is the Ollie Oxley. <laughs> so Ollie is saying, if you could go back to the start of your journey, what one piece of advice would you give yourself? Stay away from the Irish guy. No, what one piece of advice would you give yourself? Uh, I guess be a bit more patient, really. Um, I was very impatient with myself the whole time, and I think that's that's why you saw me whinging and moaning at <laughs> at all those masters. I've kept meetings. the messages. Um, is is it's just that I think. I've, I have you now. Okay, great. Instead of all your messages, yeah. from the very first <laughs> um, one. So that would that would probably be one of those. So uh, yeah, so I, I would be um, be more patient with myself because it's it's uh, it's a key um, key attribute really, just realizing where you are. Um, where you're heading and you know a bit of patience goes a long way because you can really easily beat yourself up in the process um, and and um, because they don't have the patience they get, that's the end of their career so I hope that answers your question Ollie. Um yeah. but to back, go back to your original question um, Kevin, when so I asked the question I'm, sorry we've got 28 people watching I asked the question at the start whose internet is bad is it Kevin's or Estvan's nobody not one person actually told us the answer so I'd love you right now to tell me who's the internet that's bad here. Is it mine or is it Estevan's? Just say Kevin's bad or Estevan's bad, please, because not a single person helped us out. I'd love a little bit of help with that. Um, any, so, I have no idea. 
what other questions have we got? Um, Estvan, well done. Kevin's is bad. Okay, hopefully, it's, is it better now that I've gone to 3G, guys? Um, oh, to be fair, it was okay for a while, and I just got really... Um, um, so, Alan Cleary is going, do you specialize in rent-to-rent, -rent or what else do you do? So, yes, that, that was my specialty initially. So, what I'm doing now as well is, um, because I did rent-to-HMOs to begin with, HMOs kind of have become my focus. Um, and it's one of those things that um, I know people like to jump from one thing to another, you know, go after the shiny pennies of, oh, service accommodation, oh, HMOs, oh, BRR, oh, you can do that all day long. Um, I've learned a great deal about um, HMOs over the last couple of years. So what I'm actually doing now is I'm working with investors and um, helping them um, invest in money in our area. So we're purchasing properties with people now. Um, and also still doing rent-to-rent. -rent. So the model is the same. The only difference is that obviously um, the ownership structure is different. Um, but everything else, the house is the same. You know, you're still looking at um, rooms. Um, there's a lot of knowledge, a lot of specialty knowledge, I guess, from that perspective that's been built up over the last couple of years. So I think I'd be stupid to waste it and start learning something completely new um, and investing my time and effort yeah. into that. I'm not saying I'm not doing anything else. Obviously, looking at, um, especially now that I'm going to go full-time, I've got my eyes on some different things as well. But the primary focus and my core is still HMOs. Which comes back to the, the concept of the whole no money down thing, which is a lot of people go, no money down is not possible. And yet we make it very clear, no money down is, literally you can do a deal with no money because you could get a rent-free period from the landlord at the start and get tenant rent in before you pay. But before you have to pay the first month's rent to the landlord, um, you could do vendor finance, meaning no, no money down. But there's no money down is the concept of there's no money down, little money down, and none of your own money down. And somebody online is going to go, little money down, that's not no money down. But the little money doesn't have to be your money. And no money left in are, are um, other people's money. So you mentioned there, it's obviously, it's still the principles of no money down, which is finding deals for other people, joint venturing with other people, using their money. So um, yeah. have you found it easy to uh, attract people with money that want to invest in your area? Um, what sort of tips, would, would you have a couple of tips for people if you're thinking about how to raise money? Um, and just on this, next week, next week from Tuesday, there might just be, maybe, not sure, maybe, possibly, might be. I, um, I did a no money down challenge in the community about a year ago, this time last year. I might just maybe, who knows, do a challenge next week, starting on Tuesday, maybe, not confirmed yet, but maybe, look out for it, because it might happen, wink, wink, if I could wink. Um, a challenge on helping people in the community raise money, joint venture, etc. So keep an eye out for that, if it was to happen, which I'm not saying it is, maybe. But let's start that off right now. Esteban, um, have you found it? Do you think have you found it easier to raise money? Is your mindset changed in the last couple of years around the ability that you have to raise money compared to previously? And I finished that with a couple of tips for people on what they could do to get started. Yes, the answer, short answer to that is yes. Um, I do find it easier. Um, I think that was one of those for me as well as most other people. As I think who's new to property is 
why would anyone invest with me? You know, that was always the question in my head. It's like, what, what have I got to offer? And, and that's the thing that I think people need to clear up in their heads in terms of, yes, what do you have to offer? And I think it could be anything. It could be your time, that you're the one who's finding the properties for people, you're the one who's dealing with tradesmen, um, or the knowledge, you know, you're the one who goes to courses and understands how property investment works, um, building up the network um, for, with, with people in the industry who can actually get you better deals, um, better finance, lots, lots in, better things in lots of many ways in terms of what you need for uh, investing. So um, I've basically done all of those. Um, and probably one of the most important things I've done as well is, um, which I've never used to be like that at all, is I was actually shouting about what I was doing uh, on social media. And interestingly, it actually works. Um, people do recognize um, the fact that you put in the effort in, the people like to see your journey. Um, so it doesn't matter what you do almost in a way, as long as you are improving, as long as you are learning and people see the improvement in what you do, um, people get to know you, uh, which again is quite important. The know, like and trust is has never been true to anything other than uh, people wanting to invest money with you. Because if they don't know you, they don't trust you, they're not going to give you money. It's quite simple. Um, so all those things have um, helped me a lot along the way. So, you know, basically as soon as we had a deal and even just before I had a deal, I was trying to give a lot of value to people in the community um, by posting lots of things that I've learned, um, uh, voicing my opinion on certain things, you know, and that's not just property things, but, you know, there's a lot of things that people have, uh, I guess, lack of experience in. So, you know, my business experience, for example, for my corporate life um, has a lot of valuable input into people's um, questions around the community. Because let's face it, not everyone has a business acumen that um, us accountants and finance people have to build up because that's, that's our profession. So, you know, I've added a lot of value. Um, I've shown what I've done, um, built up that sort of network around me. And, um, and I think that helped a lot. Do you think as, in a, as with an accountancy background that you're very risk averse? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I think that what it is, it's not just risk averse, but it's more... Um, I don't mind taking risks, but I think I want that, those risks to be calculated risks, yeah. if you know what I mean. So understanding uh, as opposed to just jump straight headfirst and then figure out later um, is not necessarily my thing. So I kind of want to know what I'm doing in a way. I like, yeah. to, you know, I like to, I like to go ahead and, and do it and I'm, I don't mind getting out of my comfort zone. Um, but I think a little bit of understanding is, is definitely helpful. I think it's, that's wise, to be honest, because especially if you're dealing with other people's money as well, um, you have to be even more careful than your own money, to be honest. So, Do you, do you think you'd yeah. be where you are now had you not um, done, uh, got, got, came, on, came on and got mentored and stuff? And, and I think a lot of people, for me, I think people will get there eventually, but I don't think they'll get there as quick or without making as many mistakes um, what do you think you'd have you'd be where you are now about to quit your job within a couple of years had you not got the education or do you think you'd have got there quicker slow what, where do you think you'd be do you think you'd get there at all um, and don't just give an answer just because I'm here I mean give a genuine answer around do you think you'd do you think you'd have ever got there do you think you would have got there but over a longer period of time because many people I feel would get there just not quite as quick um, and maybe with more mistakes that hold them up it, we're, we're, yeah, I think it's. I think it's more the more the case. I, th I think I would have got there because I'm quite. Um, 
I'm quite persistent, you know. I do once I put my mind to something, I tend to go after it and actually achieve it. But I think it just felt to me that it was the right thing to do because of yes, what you say. You know, you're cutting out a lot of a lot of mistakes. I mean, even now today, I give you a call if I get stuck with something, um, and that's not because I like the sound of your voice, but it's like you know, you got some of ton of experience, and I'm it's stupid not to draw on that experience, you know. Um, and there's a load of other people in the community that, you know, they're not mentors or, you know, haven't got a great deal of um, property portfolios. But I know that they have certain experiences of certain areas that they are far better than I am. But there's no, there's no problem with, you know, admitting that I'm not, a, you know, not the best at everything. And I think that's why I actually really um, probably gone as far as I have, because I have worked quite hard on building a, a good network around me over the last couple of years as well. So it wasn't just me going out there doing it all on my all on my own. I've got a ton of great friends out of this over the last couple of years, people who I, you know, regularly contact with and, you know, keep in touch with. So, yes, the mastermind was brilliant, um, but it's the people in the mastermind mm. and, and all the knowledge in the mastermind that, that actually make it great. That's what I always say. It's not Kevin's mind. It's a mastermind. It's the people yeah. in the room. That is the contacts, the, the potential JV partners, the potential business partners, um, the access to funding for people who trust you because they see you regularly, all that type of stuff. Mm -hmm. And many people forget this or miss this, and they think it's just about the, the knowledge or the strategy, but actually it's the bigger picture on, the, on all of that stuff. And on that as well, I think, um, you know, you're, you're um, I, I guess you're known as a no money down guy. And I think you just talked about the whole no money down thing. I think there is a slight misconception, I think, in, in, the, in the community as well, that people who go to no money down are skinned. Yeah. You know, they haven't got any money, right? Um, I, I want to put that straight here. It's not the case at all. I've got investors from that group, and I know many people in that group who, who are, well, they're there because they have the money. They actually need people to do the, the deals for them. Mm. Um, and then they don't just have 20, 30K, they got a lot more money. So I think there's a, you know, I think it's good for people to know that, you know, the money is, is in the room. It's been said many times before. Um, and I think in this mastermind, it's, it couldn't be any more true. I think we've got so many different from people from so many different walks of life uh, with different sort of um, um, bank accounts and, uh, you know, I guess uh, money in the bank account as well. So different experiences. So, I personally love it. You know, I still go back, uh, as you know, because you invited me back as a mentor. So I go on a regular basis. As soon as this is all over, I'm absolutely gunning to go back and, and meet people again. So I can't wait. I can't wait to get back. But um, Kirk, Kirk is asking a question. Esvan, well done for coming so far, but what made you choose this strategy over all the others? <clears throat> um, it was one of those things that um, before I started Kevin's course, I thought I was going to have to travel up to something somewhere like Manchester or Liverpool or Leeds or somewhere like that. You know, the north. Um, well, I live in the south, so so basically I live um, live in Reading. And um, house prices are nothing like uh, what they are up north. So for me, it was one of those. Okay, I could be one of those investors who save up for the next ten years and buy one single buy to let, and you know, in the next fifteen twenty years, I might save up for another one. But once I went to Kevin's course, I thought, okay, well, there's this thing called rent to rent, but I don't actually need to invest, you know, 40, 50 grand into one property. Actually, out of 40, 50 grand, I could probably have myself seven, eight, nine. So um, 
basically the the location of my my geographical location and the house price it kind of dictated what i was what i was capable and able to do um so that was really it really for me so i think kevin always always says on his course and i think that's very true is you don't necessarily have to go far from where you are you just need to find the right strategy that works where you are um and it could be anything there's loads of different things so and i think i, I say this to my mentees as well because i know a lot of people go oh yeah i need to travel it's like well do you really um have a think have a good look around understand your area and maybe just maybe something is there for you to do the whole point of this is not to create another job eating motorway services food and traveling up the country for hours away from your family the whole point of this is to be close to home with your family so and um, javi's asking a question what what would you what would you say to to him he had his first deal today and they rejected him on the signing of the contract day for a rent to rent i feel that my issue is speaking on the phone and saying i do not have any deals he can't lie what would you say to him well first of all i'm really sorry to hear that that's um a bit of a kick in the teeth to uh just pull out of something that you're about to sign so um but look um i think you have to just keep going to be honest that's the only thing i can really advise on this is don't give up if you got this far almost closing a deal you clearly are doing something right so i think you know just have a good look at what actually made them decide that they want to pull out of this deal last minute and just to be honest just go and meet them just ask them a question you never know there might be something completely different in their circumstances that change that you have absolutely no control over so i would say first of all find out what happened here and whatever you've done to get to that point i would just keep doing because that's a great thing so well done anyway well done on that absolutely and i just add as well javi so everything as i just said plus um you quite often people maybe not you javi but people presume they know why somebody said no to a deal and the reality is presumption is the mother of all irish ups <clears throat> or the other word that the kids might still be up don't ever presume <laughs> so how do you find out why somebody said no to you on a deal maybe it's a completely different reason to the fact that i don't have a deal because i doubt it right that you got to the point where you were about to sign the contracts today and then they found out oh i'm just it's just my first deal you'd have covered that earlier and they still agreed to do the deal with you but then pulled out last minute so there's going to be another reason they pulled out last minute and um, use so what we do on our on our mastermind is use the group it's your first deal it's not our first deal so we have done more deals and my my mentor my partner my jv partner we have these number of deals this is my first deal in this area but we have all these other deals see that's not a lot because we do have deals to deals in the group um but do not presume you know why this deal fell apart and absolutely back to what Esteban said is you've got a deal to the day of signing so you've done a lot of things right a lot of steps have been correct what you've got to do is repeat the process and trust that the next time you get a deal to the day of signing it's not going to they're not going to turn around again right that would be the worst look in the world that they turn around again and go sorry we're not signing now it's the day of signing So you just got to repeat what you did. You have proven to yourself now, and this happens all the time by the way. People focus on the negative and the bad thing instead of the positive. And the positive is positive mentality, positive mindset. You have proven to yourself that you can speak to an agent and a vendor. You've proved to yourself that you can 
put a deal for a negotiation forward. You've proved to yourself that you can get a yes to a deal. You've proved to yourself that you can get the contract in and looked at and whatever, and you get to the point of the day where they're about to sign it. You've proved to yourself that this works because you got somebody to say yes to a deal. It's just they changed their mind on the last day. So actually, 95% of what's just happened is hugely positive, and you focused on the 5%. And it's a kick in the teeth, like Estevan said, but you've got to focus on the 95% that went right, Javi, right? Because you're so close right now. And it happens to all of us. We've got deals that we get, deals that fall out of bed all the time. I was buying a property at auction, right? Buying an auction property at the moment in the last couple of weeks. Three weeks ago, well, we put the offer in. It got accepted. We've been to solicitors. We've had the valuations. We've got all of this stuff done. Somebody has just put a higher offer in on Monday, meaning that it's a five grand higher offer, meaning it's going to cost me 5,250 quid now. Yes, just 250 quid. But it's cost me 5,250 quid because I've had to up my offer by, by 5,250 quid to be 250 quid better than the other person. So that's a kick in the teeth. Five and a half grand. I could have gone to the Maldives. But this is the thing. Shit happens. But you've got to just keep going knowing that there'll be another deal that you'll get five grand discount on that swings and roundabouts it. So keep going, Javi. By the way, another positive, the agent, right? Is it the agent or the vendor that decided to pull out? If it was the vendor, brilliant, because you still have the relationship with the agent. You've got an agent that wants to work with you. So there's so much positive that you can get out of this deal that you've got to focus on the positives, guys. I see too many people focus on the negatives. Um, what else have we got? So I'd like to have um, quite a few properties to my name by uh, year five. Um, quite, currently, if I'm perfectly honest with you, I'm focusing very much on the next six to 12 months, simply because um, it's a bit of a bit of a leap of faith going full time into property. So yes, you know, we've got a business that's up and running. Yes, we have a business that's cash flowing, but I want it to be a lot more stable. I want, uh, you know, to be a lot more uh, sort of cash flowing and, you know, be in a more sort of stable position. Um, uh, so I think I'm focusing very much on the next six to 12 months. But what I have now is I've got a plan that is fairly solid for at least that period of time. And uh, once I have a little bit more time, I'm going to start focusing on that because I think it's key. They actually just said that, said that target and work towards it. Um, so, yeah, it's a great question, Ollie. Um, but at this point, I haven't got it. So, you can give me a slap on the wrist when we next see each other. <laughs> so, question from Karen. I missed her question. I've gone back looking for it, Karen. Sorry. It's just, it's, it scrolls away too quick. Um, so, yeah. how many properties do you think you can manage? There's a number of questions here. So, I've rounded into how many properties could you manage while still in a full-time job, working full-time? And how do you find time to manage them around your work and your family. So how do you, I guess rounding that question in a bit more is, how do you get the work-life balance right, the job, the property, the family? Um, how do you make time? So that's one thing that I uh, very quickly realized as well is, uh, this obviously requires a fair amount of effort. So leveraging your time is a key to this. So the way I've done it is I've actually got business partners. So sharing a little bit of the risk, sharing the responsibilities, but of course, sharing the profits as well. But that meant that there's a lot of things that could, could potentially go wrong as you're doing your property investing journey. Um, well, if you're having partners, you've got people to share that journey with, 
share the problems with um, bounce ideas because a lot of the times you go, you think your idea is the best, but you you, you know you put it to someone and go like that's just the stupidest thing I've ever heard. So you know it's great to have that sounding board as well. So for me that was key. Now I know a lot of people don't necessarily work well with other people. I personally have always been fairly a team member type person, so I quite like working in a team. Um, but in terms of leveraging your time, if you're not a team person, I just say, look, as soon as you get to a position where you can afford at least a virtual assistant for yourself to do some of the admin work, go for it, because that's a really um, cheap way of buying yourself a lot more time if you can remove all those things. And that's one thing that I've done or we've done um, far too late to hiring a virtual assistant. There's a lot of the stuff that I thought, oh, yeah, I'll just get around to it. Oh, yeah, I'll just get around to it. Or, you know, my business partner will get around to it. And because we're all busy, busy people, full-time jobs and families and, um, you know, the properties as well, things just start to sleep after a while. And that's not the way I like to operate. So um, I always say to people now when they ask me about having help is that do it as soon as you think you can afford it. Don't wait because you will regret it. And I know I've regretted it. I think we've waited probably six months too late to hire someone. Um, so that's one thing. If you know, somebody asked, what, what could I do differently if I could go back? That would be something I would do differently for sure. Definitely hire someone very soon. So hopefully that answers your question. It was a bit... Yeah. I think that's something that more, pretty much everyone regrets is... What happened when I, I remember when I started, I was on twenty-seven fifty a month in my job, and I wanted to get to three grand a month mm-hmm. to quit my job. And then I, I got to three grand a month, and I thought, well, if I quit my job and I've got boilers to break down or something goes wrong, I've, and I was doing it alone at the time, so I didn't have a JV partner to share share the risk with, share the reward. People think, oh, I don't want to share the reward, so I've got a JV partner. I, I that means I've got to share the profit, but you're also sharing the the risk sharing the work, sharing the, the tasks. You're, it's, it's 50% of, of it, you're sharing everything, it's 50% on everything, so actually a huge benefit. But I was trying to do it all alone, and to get, when I got to three grand, I thought, if boiler breaks, I don't actually have three grand. What if I get sick? I don't have my healthcare, all this stuff, so I'll double it, I'll get to six grand. And what I didn't do was I didn't hire anyone, and I should have, because what I was thinking was, if I hire somebody, and I pay them a thousand pound a month, even part time, then a thousand pound a month, I'm not on three grand, I'm on two grand. And now I'm not making as much money. But the reality is, had I paid somebody a thousand pounds, I would have got that. Every time you hire somebody, they need to, if it's a thousand pounds, they need to bring in more than a grand a month. They need to create their, their wage. That's what a business person does. They hire somebody that brings in their own wage. Meaning that had I hired somebody sooner, given the money away, I'd have got more in quicker because I've been able to do more viewings, I'd have been able to make more offers, I wouldn't have had as much admin to do. So literally, I would nearly, if I was starting again, I'd nearly, with the first thousand pound I made, I'd nearly hire somebody and pay them the whole thousand pound to go back to zero, just so I could outsource the work. Because if I got to a thousand, I know I can get to 2000. And if I can get to two, I know I can get to four. And if I can get to four, I can get to eight. But the reason most people get stuck at it's one amazing or two what you, what you know now. Yeah, but the reason people get stuck at one or two grand is because they don't get people to help them because there's only 24 hours in the day and you can only do what you can do in 24 hours. You need to outsource. You need to get other people to do stuff. There's no way I'd be able to do the amount of work I do in a day today if I didn't have staff. 
you know, I'm dealing bringing gas suppliers and electric suppliers and broadband suppliers. Oh, the nightmares I have about that stuff and having a bookkeeper and all of these jobs. But you're not paying for them out of earned income from your job. I've got a lot of staff today. I've three full time and I've got bookkeepers and accountants and virtual assistants and all this stuff. But I'm not paying mm. for them out of the money I used to earn in Langer Rourke. I'm paying for them from income that tenants pay me from properties. And they all bring in a higher return or free me up to do the income generating task. And everyone watching this, if you're doing tasks in your business that are not income generating, then you've got to outsource them quickly. Get it outsourced. Get the first deal done. Get it outsourced. Income generating task and IGT, get it outsourced. Get somebody else doing it. Free your time up to do the negotiating, the viewings, and the securing of the deal to bring more money into the business. Um, let's see what other questions we've got, Esteban. While I'm looking at the, the, the only thing I add to that as well is the, the only thing I add to that as well, Kevin, it's not necessarily just the time, but um, what I've been finding lately, still working full time, is is the headspace that takes away from all, you know when you're doing all these tasks that actually don't have any value to your business takes away all the all the creative headspace that you actually need to think about how am I going to take the business to the next level and I think that is really the key because time is something you can sort of play around we get up a bit early stay up a bit later whatever but the that sort of the short space of time you have available when you really are creative you really actually add your absolute top of your game in a day is very limited because you get phone calls, you get messages, you get on Facebook, LinkedIn, whatever. You know, there's loads of other distractions. So I think if I can cut a lot of that out, actually give some of these tasks over, just so I can actually use the headspace to think about where, what, what are my next steps? What do I really need to focus on? What is actually really going to bring me the next, the next house, the next deal that is going to make me more money? I think that, for me, is really key. And that's what I learned over the last sort of six to 12 months. of That headspace is almost priceless. Absolutely. Absolutely. Guys, if you're like an S fan, if you're loving the content, if you're finding this helpful, motivational and inspiring, whatever it may be, give me a, if you want me to continue doing interviews every single Wednesday, no money down TV on a Wednesday, 7.30 p.m., hashtag NMDTV, hashtag no money down TV right now, or hashtag midweek McDonald if you want this to continue. Because as soon as the, the community no longer wants this, I ain't doing it, why should I? So give me some hashtags if you want another one of these next week and I'll get somebody else on and they won't be as good as Estevan, no doubt. Unless it's you that's on and clearly you're better than Estevan, whoever you are, because I don't know yet, <laughs> but I'll let you know. Next Wednesday at 7.30, um, we'll do another one of these if you want me to. So give us some love, give Estevan some love. Give us a hashtag no money down TV or a hashtag midweek McDonald and I'll do some more of this every single Wednesday, next Wednesday, 7.30 p.m. Unless we're doing something else next Wednesday at 7.30 because we might have a challenge or something maybe around helping you in the community raise money. Not that we do have a challenge, not that something's planned, but if something was planned that wasn't announced yet that might be announced, there could be something else happening next Wednesday, but I'll still be here live on the Wednesday. Um, but what am I talking about? I've no idea. You've got to wait till the weekend, then you might find out. <laughs> Alan, you must have taken cryptic talk as a second subject. What? Say that again. 
So you must have taken encrypted that. talk as a sec second uh, subject somewhere at university. <laughs> I'm not allowed to announce. I mean, there's nothing to announce, but if there was something to announce, I wouldn't be allowed to announce it yet. <laughs> right, okay. Well, Alan Cleary is saying, what would you recommend to someone just starting out Estran? Um, probably the key thing is to... Um, well, look, I, I know you're progressive, and I know, I'm not trying to advertise progressive for you, but I think getting yourself educated really is key like for me that was key because i didn't know that there was such thing as rent to rent two and a half years ago and now i have a business around rent to rent and hmos to be honest i didn't even know that hmo was a thing and now i've yes, considered man, myself people in this community that know rent to rent's a thing and they think rent to rent's not a thing they think oh that no landlord would give you their house etc etc hey, hey. Yeah. but it, look, what it is a thing, and I, um, I always say, I, I always say to, I always say to people, and some of my mentees ask the same thing: is like, oh, you know, why would I do rent to rent? I like, look, you can dis rent to rent all you like, but I know a lot of people who have made a great success of it, and it's a very much legitimate strategy uh, or a model to use to acquire properties. So you know, it doesn't have to be HMOs. What I do, it can be a serviced accommodation if that's your thing. If you more you know, seeing yourself as a hotelier, um, then go for that. But look, I think don't, dis don't discount it just because it's not something you own. I think a lot of people have issues with the fact that, oh, yeah, it can't be legal. You know, it can't be subletting is illegal. And, you know, you should be owning a property. It doesn't make any sense. You know, why would a landlord give to you? And look, all those questions have gone through my head as well. And there's certainly valid questions. Um, but I would say that they are unfunded really because i've got landlords who are so happy to give me the keys to their houses that you wouldn't they wouldn't believe they are the relief on their faces when they and they literally just they left the keys on the table and said bye we're out and we're not coming back so you know it's just one of those that you're helping people you've got to think of this about what am i actually doing this what what, what is my role in this whole value chain of you know, someone owning the house and someone renting a room. What is my role in there? And my role really, the way I see it is, I'm providing a service to the landlord, if I'm just talking about rent to rent specifically, I'm providing a service to the landlord and I'm providing a service to the tenant. And I'm making a money in between for doing this. And as I always call it, it's the win-win-win sort of model or strategy because just, everyone wins. If you do it right, everyone wins. People think, people think that the choice is, the, surely the landlord would do it themselves. Why would they give it to you to make money? Would they not do it themselves? But actually, you're missing a complete point here because the landlord's choice is not do it myself or give it to Estvan or give it to Kevin. The landlord's choice is give it to the letting agent or give it to Estvan or Kevin. Their choice is not do it themselves. They've already decided not to do it themselves. That's why letting agents exist because people want the baby but not the labor pain. Our job is to take care of the baby for them so they can do what they want to do because they've already decided they're not doing it themselves. And if you're thinking, why don't they do it themselves? You're missing out on the opportunity and you're letting Estevan make the money you should be making. I'll tell you what, I've got another one on that as well, Kevin, because I actually have a landlord who was doing HMO himself um, and basically got to the point where he just couldn't do it anymore. He was more than happy to hand it over to someone, and the house was an absolute tip because we had some really bad tenants. So look, I mean, there's a lot of lot of problems you can solve with this model. So I think um, if if you know if you if you sort of two minds about whether you should do it or shouldn't, I I definitely say look into it. 
because there's something in it. I'm not saying every single house will work. I'm not saying every single house you look at will be a deal. You have to do your own analysis. You have to educate yourself to make sure you are taking on the right properties that will actually make you money because we have said no to lots of properties over the last couple of years because some just didn't work and some still still don't work. I think you have to be very selective um, and don't be trigger happy just because there's a deal on the table. You know, yeah. be selective, take the right ones, and then you have a sound business. And I think that's key to this. You know, don't take on just anything that comes your way because I've seen some of the agents and landlords, you know, they just try to push everything to you. Oh, it's too expensive, not the right location, not the right setup. But for them, it's, you know, it's ready to go. It's yours if you want it. So people are happy to give you properties, but you've got to take the right ones. And yet, don't get emotionally involved in the, in the property where you go, I'm emotionally involved in getting your first deal. And what happens is the price starts to creep up by 100 quid, 50 quid, 20 quid, whatever it may be. And suddenly, you're eating into your profit margin and you end up with a deal that doesn't make you any money anymore because you chased the deal instead of chasing the right deal. It's no point taking the keys of a house that doesn't make you money. It's got to make you money. Do, it's a financial decision, a numbers decision, not an emotional decision. Um, Espan, more questions coming in. Heather Ashley is asking us, um, what is your thoughts on rehiring a virtual assistant overseas versus hiring one in the UK? So I haven't got one from the UK. I've got one from the Philippines, and uh, she's absolutely brilliant. Um, I think I was very lucky because she was actually recommended to me by somebody. Um, but I think I know a lot of people who have uh, VAs who are not in the UK. I think a couple of things I would certainly watch out for, um, just based on my experiences, make sure that um, make sure that the English is good enough because obviously you want them to be able to understand your instructions and uh, you want to be able to understand what they, um, what they give you as well. So I think it's a, it's a key element to it. Um, so communication has to be very good because obviously you're not going to meet this person. So you won't be able to do all the teaching over, uh, over you know, sitting down next to each other at a desk. It all has to be probably via email or WhatsApp or whatever the case may be. So um, and make sure you get the person with the right skill set. So there's millions of people out there. And, you know, it's the same here in the UK. You can't just pull anyone in from the street and go, Oh, you do. Why don't you do and come and do my you know, property business for me? And they have absolutely no skills that are relevant to what you need to do. So get those things right. Communication and the relevant skills, and I think you'll be fine. They, Anything you want to add to that, Kev? Yeah, the only thing I'll add to that is everything he said again around um, you, you'll get much more value for money with somebody overseas. The only person that I use in the UK as a virtual assistant is my bookkeeper because I want them to understand, and I found my bookkeeper on people per hour, I want them to understand UK law. So they need to understand UK law, UK accountancy, UK tax system, so that's a key bit. So UK bookkeeper, um, other stuff, admin, all that, English speaking, foreign person, Philippines is a country that's mentioned a lot, and India, other countries like that, where people, where they get a really good wage, by the way, for their country and they live there. So, and it means that you can get a full-time, you can get a full-time person for maybe four or 500 quid, sometimes four or 500 US dollars full-time mm. in the Philippines. And, and that's a great wage for them, by the way. So um, you make sure you've, as Esteban said though, it's the right person for the right role with the right skill set. 
And sometimes you've got to kiss a few frogs to get your princess or whatever it's called. But they're there. They're out there. Get recommendations from people. The biggest challenge is if you've got a good one, you don't want to give it away. It's like a wife, you know. You get a good one, you want to keep it. If my wife's still watching, I'm, I'm all in. You know, we've said that. So got a good one. <laughs> got to keep it. So um, she's probably still walking the kids because I kicked her out of the house earlier and she's not live watching. So she's <laughs> gone. Um, give me your final yes. top three tips you want to give to the community before you leave us this evening. Top three tips. I know wow, you really you with that Just go. About property, whatever. <laughs> top three tips. About property, whatever. Well, about, about life, if you like. Right. Um, well, I think, you know, just my experience over the last couple of years has really taught me just to keep at it, guys. Um, I think I've heard it many times, and I think it's very true. I certainly find it, it resonates with me that property is simple, but it's not easy. You know, it's it's a house, you you know, you left it to someone, you know, they pay, Bob's your uncle, done. But it's not easy. There's a lot of hard yards, a lot of ups and downs. So just keep at it. I think that would probably be my number one. Um, also keep improving on yourself. Keep educating yourself if you can. Um, yeah, so I think the other thing would be um, is uh, keep educating yourself. I think I'm co continuously doing stuff. I'm learning something new. So um on a weekly basis you know recently i've started uh, learning about how to advertise on facebook for example marketing is key to your business um so you know be persistent keep going um keep learning and um just enjoy it to be honest because if you don't enjoy this if you know if you're doing this property investing because you think this is the thing to follow because somebody else doing it for you don't do it you know I really enjoy it. I really enjoy the people I'm around. I enjoy the whole side of going after deals, the rush of it, the, the you know, making the houses look better, um, giving people a nice place to stay. All of that actually gives me enjoyment and I've developed a passion for it. So I think if you, you have to enjoy it, you've got to have a passion for it. Otherwise, it's not worth doing. So those are probably a key thing. It is interesting. Hopefully that's... Uh, it's that's interesting. It is interesting, right, that you actually, it grows on you property, doesn't it? And it becomes like a, a bit of a drug. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely, yeah. Well, I think what it, it does when you have success of it, right? I think, and I can see why it wouldn't for people who don't have it successful, because it can grind you down as well. Because it can be full on, you know, social media, especially if you're part of these groups, it can be overwhelming, you know, oh my God that person got another deal. Oh my God, that person got another deal and I haven't got a deal yet, you know? So it could be very much, um, you know, it could seem like a grind, but, you know, if you haven't got your deal yet and you are working on it, you're doing the right steps, you will get there. I can guarantee it. Surround yourself with the right people and you will get there. Good stuff. So guys, that Esban, number one, thank you for coming on tonight. Thank you for sharing your wisdom, sharing your journey. Thank you. Uh, Hopefully that's inspirational for some people watching and hopefully that helps you in some way on your journey, wherever you're at, to just keep going, don't quit, back yourself, keep trusting the system, keep following the You will get there in the end. Remember, it's not a race, it's a journey. It, don't worry about the, how quick somebody else is getting there. Use how quick somebody else is getting there as an inspiration to you to get there as well. But don't use it as what I see some people do as a, as a, in, a, a lack of inspiration or, a, or make you feel 
depressed and upset and annoyed with yourself because they're doing something that you're not or they're getting the results quicker and you start looking internally and thinking, what's wrong with me? Why am I not doing it? All of that is the wrong attitude. All of that is the wrong way to look at it. They just got there quicker than you. You can get there as well. It's the tortoise and the hare. It is follow your path at your pace in your area with your, your way. This is about you. It's about your family. It's about your journey. It's about your goals at your pace. And some people do things quicker than others. Some people are a slow starter. Some people are a faster starter. Sometimes the person who starts fast trips up and falls over, while the person that's slow and steady wins the race. So, guys, keep going, keep pushing forward. Thank you, Esteban. I've been Kevin McDonald. He's been Esteban. Bye. You've been absolutely awesome. Good night, everyone. <laughs>